Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I am your host, Alex Whiteley, and what a great week it has been with the Darwin Festival. Um, I've done so much, I've met so many nice people, um, and I've learned a lot as well. And that's what this uh, festival is all about. And, you know, um, I'll explain to you the highlight, my highlights of the week and what else we've got to look forward to with the festival. But before that, I want to speak to you about um, some people I've been speaking to this week. I've been speaking to um, Claire Butcher, and Claire Butcher is a representative of um, a group from Castlefields. And and Claire is part of um, a social enterprise called Lovely Land. And they primarily work with schools and support little ones to, to learn about food growing and, you know, and uh, get involved with community events and, um, you know, to to get people together, very much what I stand for, you know. The people of Castlefields are very proud of their part of Shrewsbury, and uh, it's, it's it's people like Claire that bring people together. So it's really great. They are planning to um, do a yarn bombing, uh, very similar to what happened with the the Bellevue Arts Festival. Um, I'm gonna I want to meet up with Claire, and I, there was an event going on on the 21st of February, uh, which I'm gonna probably pop to. I really want to go to. And they will explain more. And I'm going to create like a maybe a little advert to get people involved for the show. Um, the yarn bombing is is a, a quite an ambitious uh, yarn bombing uh, project. I gotta say, I'm not very uh, I, I'm not very versed on, on yarn bombings. Uh, I saw the, the beautiful things they did to the uh, the, the the footbridge in um, in Colum, uh, the part of the Bellevue Arts Festival. But they want to um, yarn bomb the Castle Walk Bridge. Uh, apparently, people used to uh, lock padlocks on there uh, with their names and loved ones. Uh, you know, like they do in Paris, they do it all over the place. And uh, these these locks got removed. And uh, you know, as 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 a celebration of what these guys do at Lovely Land, they were going to do something that was a bit more friendly uh, and to to represent what they do, uh, part of the community. So they're going to do a yarn bomb of this uh, this footbridge, and uh, they're encouraging people to get involved. They've got a Facebook group. And the Facebook group is called Castlefield Yarn Bombing Crew. Uh, so have a look at that on Facebook. Get involved. If you like to crochet, if you like to make things with yarn, um, you would definitely enjoy this. If you have got lots of spare yarn about and you would like to help and donate some towards this great, you know, this great motivator, um, please get in touch with them as well. Um, and, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't do things like that. I'm not very good at crochet. Uh, so um, I, I, can, I got a voice. I got to use my voice, okay? Go, guys. You can do this. I'll give them some moral support. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a great little event, and it'll make the bridge look pretty for a short while. And it's, it's something that's great because it's not graffiti. It's not litter. It's something that can be picked up and moved away after it's, uh, after it's done its thing. Um, so I'm, I'm all for that. Um, yarn bombing is, a, is, is quite cool. I've seen some pictures. They put a picture up on the, on the group, actually, today um, of a yarn bombing experiment or thing in, in Chile. And um, it looked fantastic. It's just this uh, market square full of pe- uh, nice pieces that um, people have made. And they made like a mosaic of square um, yarn bo- yarn crocheted tiles. It looks fantastic. So anyway, check that out. Um, and now let's get on to uh, <laughs> what I've been asked to do. Well, what I want to do. And that's to talk about the Darwin Festival. It has been a fantastic week. I've really enjoyed it. I've met so many amazing people. Uh, and I've learned so much. And and I, I, I'm really grateful to be part of such a great project. You know, it started off in the week with the... Uh, on Friday the 8th, which was the... the uh, the Young Thinkers Award at UCS that was run by Morrison Co. Very insightful event. You know, I got to witness uh, some 
great young minds um, take part in a, in a mission uh, that really illustrated uh, the kind of brilliance that young people have today. And, and it kind of it really assured me that things aren't as bad as we think they are, guys. You know, we're part of the Instagram, YouTube uh, <clears throat> podcast generation. <laughs> and, you know, I, I constantly think that, you know, we've got a new generation of kids that just pout in front of cameras. Uh, and, uh, you know, that is not the case. We've got some great people uh, coming on uh, to look after the planet after we're done with it. And, uh, you know, that's what that did for me. Um, I, then I went to the, uh, the climate change talk with um, Je- Professor Jeffrey Levermore, uh, which is brilliant. You know, I'd never been to a lecture like that before. I mean, when I was in school, maybe. Um, I'm not an intellectual, but I really enjoyed it, you know. Uh, that You learned so many things. And then I went to, like, Footsteps of Giants um, by Mysteries. I went to the Sidebar event with Professor Carver. Um, I went to uh, the oh, the amazing uh, uh, tour that John King did for us, um, the, the Darwin Trail. That was brilliant. Um, and then <laughs> I had this, you know, it was, it was great. I was really looking forward to like the end of the week, um, getting to a few things. But we had like a bit of a, a family, a family flu crisis, I could call it. Um, my my wife um, would come home from work, um, put some Vicks in a bowl, with some hot water, and a towel over her head, and she would she she was struggling so blah bless her. Um, and then my little boy, he's had a really bad cough too. He's been up and waking us up at three o'clock in the morning, coughing like he's been smoking 40 cigarettes. You know, it's been really bad. Uh, so I've been kind of, um, you know, looking after these guys and not being able to get out. I was um, I was supposed to go to the second sidebar, which is on Thursday the 14th, called Falling in Love with Your Biome. Uh, but I was with uh, Professor Ian Wilson. And I couldn't go, man. I couldn't go. But I had to do that, my family, my family duty and look after people. So I felt really bad. I spoke to Tim um, Dawes the day after, though. I emailed him, how did it go? And he said it was a great success. So this goes to prove, like, the, the first sidebar, they didn't have as many people as they wanted to go to it, uh, but the next night was was brilliant, apparently. There were loads of people there. So it goes to show you, you got to try these things. you got to try them. You know, it doesn't matter about the first turnout. It matters about the second and the third. Same with my podcast. My podcast started off with, I don't know, uh, 30... Downloads a week, and now we're getting thirty a day, and it's growing, it's growing, it's growing, and that's why the that's why you got to try these things and get out there and do it. And I, you know, I'm grateful for you guys for that. So in the week, um, I got a really great opportunity to get out with. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to my friend Shane. You're very likely to meet Shane on the show. He he does podcast with me. He's podcasted with me for a while. Um, I've taught him my ways. He's my young Padawan, and. Uh, and I explained to him that we were going to go to the the evolution of alcohol production at the Alb um, on Friday, and I'd like like him to come, you know, because the idea was for us to record a podcast after the event or during the event if it was poss- at all possible. Uh, <laughs> so Shane was um, he he's got a really busy job, you know, he drives like hours to London, has to do his job in London, uh, and then drive back. So the night before, he'd he'd been up since half one. Um, he'd driven to London, done his thing, and come back. And I said to him, you know, it's half six. You want to come to the to the pub with me? And um, he literally got in from London, showered, changed, didn't even eat tea, and walked all the way from Rybrook to to town. And by the time he got to the Alb, um, he was 
eyes were bright red, his lips were blue. He's, I'm here, I'm here. And I was like, oh, bless you, bless you. You know, all this just to come out for a pint with Al. Um, and it was a great event. Uh, we sat down and we, James did a great job with this um with this lecture, by the way, it not it was it was about five people there, you know, about the twenty that was expected to come. Um, so it was a bit awkward for him, but he did a fantastic job, and I learned so much. We laughed. He's a great showman. He's good at talking uh, and and getting with the crowd, you know, and and you know, really explaining things. You guys should be a professor, not you know. Um, he taught us so much. Um, he started off with the importance of gin. I've got the thing recorded, so he said I can release that. So I might do that on a separate episode. But to, to summarize, he talked to us, to us about the importance of gin. Gin at the moment is like crazy. Like, you know, you see it everywhere. There's so many different crazy flavors of gin. There's like a gin revolution at the moment. Uh, every time I go to my friend Sarah's, she's like, gin! And she pushes a gin in my face. Do you want to try gin? Gin! And, you know, I'm just kind of like, oh, gin's not my drink, you know? But it is everywhere. And um, apparently that was from when, um, well, it's not from when, but the reason why gin is big in this country is because William Orange came over from Holland and he made production of gin in the UK a legal thing. Um, so you could legally just create gin in your house and so rather than go to the pub and spend money at the pub uh, people just make their own alcohol and um, it apparently caused a uh, chaos in the UK um, there was there was all sorts of incidences of propaganda where you know they'd make posters to show a life with beer and a life with gin and the the poster with the with gin was really dark and horrible and people were struggling and doing horrible things um so because of that propaganda people were like uh, i think we'll drink beer instead you know so <laughs> even though gin's great um it's caused problems in the uk for a long time and uh, there was a um, a guy there called Dr. Richard Gulliver. I spoke to him for hours after this thing. You know, he's a really good guy. I'm going to get him on the show because he's um, he's a very clever guy. He's a, he's a botanist, and he is um, the botanist of the botanist gin, uh, which is a mouthful. Um, the botanist gin is a, a famous gin, not so much in the UK, but around the world. Uh, this is what Richard was saying to me. Around the world, it's a very big gin. People like that, and he's their botanist, and it's all from Shrewsbury, all local local areas and things like that. That's what I guess. Uh, I'm going to get him on the show to explain a bit more. But um, after the gin talk, uh, we, we started talking about craft beer. Uh, if you if you have eyes in your head and you go to a supermarket now and again, you will have seen that there's like a, a copious amounts of craft beers or IPAs that are cropping up everywhere. Always these smaller, funky-looking cans. Um, and it's, it's something that I'm enjoying, to be honest. Uh, on another show I do, I used to do a thing called Cheer for the Beer. And I'd buy um, a craft beer and I'd drink it on the show and, and talk about how good it is, you know, or how bad it is in some circumstances. Um, so what what um, what James did is he explained about this company called BrewDog, who I'd mistaken for an American company, I've got to say, uh, but they're not. There were a couple of Scottish guys that started making craft beer out of their garage. Um, then Tesco turned around to them and said... Uh, we need you to mass produce this, whatever you're making, for all of our stores across the country. And they couldn't do it without getting a loan. They'd already been, already been in debt. Uh, and they craftily managed to get a £150,000 um, business loan. And from that £150,000 loan, they are now worth £32 million. 
uh, I think a year. You know, they sell they sell uh, their BrewDog products to most supermarkets now, and you can see their products everywhere. Um, and that's craft beer, man. And uh, there's a lady in the audience, um, in the group, should I say, um, you may hear her on the recording, she said it's okay if I share it, but she asked the question, what is the difference? What, when does a, a craft beer stop becoming a craft beer? What is the difference between a craft beer and a mass-produced monster, you know, like a Heineken or, you know, the big companies? Uh, and the way I thought about it was, is if you imagine an independent movie, Say Clerks, for example. Kev Smith made Clerks. He made it by himself. He then sold it to Miramax. He then make the movie went on to make millions. It doesn't matter how many millions that that, that original movie makes. It was still independently made. You can use that metaphor, I suppose, with craft beer. These two guys made that product by themselves in a garage, regardless of who was about at the time. They made that product by themselves. So I guess that works. What explains craft beer? And it's huge at the moment. You know, I did an experiment the other day. Uh, James poured out loads of IPAs in glasses. He let us all try them, and he put them on the bar. And um, as an experiment, I thought I would take a picture of the, these these beers, throw it on Instagram, and just hashtag craft beer, right? And there were there were beer companies from all around the world starting to like this Instagram because it's huge, it's massive, and it's a trend at the moment. Um, and some of the beers are fantastic, you know. They're making beers that are passion fruit flavor. Um, they're making them out of different things, and they, they taste differently. There was there was one company that you'll hear on the on. I'm going to release it as a separate thing, like I said, on James's talk. There was a company that don't even write what is in the can. They just put their brand on it. They literally just put their brand on the, on the can, and people know it's that good. Word of mouth, um, and they sell them. Bam, quick. You got to be quick to grab those beers because they're gone. They're that popular. So yeah, um, we got to try out these different craft beers, um, which was brilliant. Uh, me and Shane were like, "Yeah, free beer!" You know, we were buying. We bought this. I mean, this is the example of the the crazy beers that um, you can get. We I've forgotten the name of it now. And um, yes, uh, we were drinking this beer called uh, Pump Up the Jam, and it's made by Tiny Rebel Brewing, and uh, it was. It's donut flavored IPA, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm fat! I could enjoy this." And uh, you see the irony: <laughs> it was donut flavored IPA, and it was pretty good. I had about three pints of this uh, during the during the lecture. It was only an hour, <laughs> uh, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so this is the, the 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 amazing kind of creativity that's coming out of these these uh, craft beers. Um, so we got to try these IPAs as well as the beer we were drinking, and you know what? This night was a great excuse to go and have a good night with my friend. And this is what the this is what this festival can bring, you know? You can go to a sidebar, you can go to a, an exhibition of some sorts and you can you can go out and meet people and I, in fact that night I was outside the Alp. The guy that was working on the on the door was my good friend Stuart and uh, I worked with him years ago in my my security years. Um and I, we hadn't seen each other properly four years and we managed to we sat and we chatted and we caught up and, and that was because of this event you know we, I got out there I, I sat for this amazing lecture uh, and then I got to have a few pints with my mate Shane and meet an old friend Stuart as well it was a great night so there were so many events that I, I couldn't get to uh, for one way or another um, and there, there really was a, a lot on and I, I feel I feel bad uh, I, I, I can't spread myself out 
throughout the whole of Shrewsbury for a whole week. It's very difficult to do. But what I can say is the events that I've been to, I've really enjoyed. And I wanted to congratulate everyone, everyone that has put an event on so far. It's been a really high quality um, festival and I've enjoyed everything that you guys have done. Um, you know, uh, the, the events that I didn't go to, like the sidebar on Thursday, I heard it was a great success. Um, and there was the 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 illuminating ideas, the lantern building workshop at the flux mill. I'm intrigued as to what went on there. So uh, even though it's like the other half of it, there is a, a follow-on to that on the 20th of, um, of February, which is a Wednesday, and it's another uh, lantern building workshop. Uh, but that's at the highest time. I'm going to pop there and have a look at that and um, see what's been going on there. Um, so, yeah, if I didn't get to your get to your event, I do apologize. There is so much to come as well. We're, we've got a week left of this festival and there's there's great things to get to. I'm going to list them now so that you guys can, can kind of get to it. I mean, get a pen and a piece of paper ready. Because uh, on Monday, uh, on the, uh, the Shrewsbury Cathedral at 7 p.m., you've got um, a talk on Darwin, the Invisible Gardener. Perspectives on Science and Faith. You may remember on my last show, I was talking about the, the tour we did with John King and um, the perspectives on things. You know, you don't know um, uh, the full story until you get all the facts. And I guess it's about religion. Can religion and science uh, exist alongside each other? Does one phase out the other? Um, you know, it's a great topic to talk about. Um and uh, I'm definitely going to be going to that. It's very interesting. So, yeah, Darwin and the Invisible Gardener, Perspectives on Science and Faith at um, Shrewsbury Cathedral at 7 p.m. Um, Tuesday is a busy day, okay? At 8 a.m. at UCS, uh, you've got a business breakfast, the evolution of digital solutions. Then later on again at the UCS, you've got Active Living Research Centre, um, which is at 6.30 and then I'm going to get to the Hive definitely at 10.30 a.m. for Musitech. I didn't go to the Hive uh, for Buzzy Beats because my little boy was poorly. So I'm definitely going to make an effort to get to this one. Uh, it's really interesting me. And, um, so if you see a strange guy at the back there, um, it's, it's me. Uh, I might be wearing my baseball cap. Uh, but yeah, I'm there, I'm there on press purposes and enjoying the, enjoying the event. Um, so on Wednesday, you've got a Darwin-themed wild play at um, uh, Shropshire Wildlife Trust. So take your youngsters to that. Um, I'm sure they'll have a great time there. That's at the Shropshire Wildlife Trust at 10.30 a.m. Also on Wednesday, you've got the, the second half, like I said, to the Illuminating Ideas, at the lan um, which is a lantern building workshop, also at the Hive. You know, so much going on there. Um, conflict and ideas, but then again, you've got choice. You take, you know, you've got youngsters that aren't quite in school yet and, you know, want to take them out to do things. There's a lantern building workshop or there is a wild, a wild theme play you can go to. Thursday, you've got Evolving Working Lives, a focus on working through menopause, which is at uh, University Centre Shrewsbury. Um, Maybe interesting for you to go to. Also on Thursday, you've got the uh, Centre for Research into Environmental Science and Technology, one year from the launch, also at the university at 6pm. Oh, on Friday, you've got um, a talk at the Unitarian Church, um, and I really, I really want to get to this. Um, it's from Darwin's great, great, great granddaughter. And she's doing a talk on the lessons from Colombia, strategies for an era 
um, of of post truth politics. I really want to get to that. There's a lot that's been going on in Colombia at the moment with um, you know uh, separatist factions of of the of the government. You know the FARC that have been you may have heard about for the last couple of you know few decades causing trouble there uh, in Colombia. But it's all come to an end. Uh, there's been a peace treaty. And uh, what can, what can we learn from this? You know, what, how can we push forward? I want to be there. Um, that's at the Unitarian Church at six thirty on Saturday, uh, the twenty third to the 20th, to Sunday the twenty fourth. You've got storytelling workshops. Learn how to be a storyteller better. <laughs> I guess this is this is mysteries again. Uh, these guys are fantastic. If you couldn't get to the uh, the the uh, in the footsteps of giants uh, that mysteries did. Um, try and get to this it's brilliant these guys are fantastic storytelling is an art it really is an art I mean to be able, I mean podcasting um, I have just to talk like this you know in a generalized way I have to take notes I have to do research I have to go to events and interview people to get a better idea um, a storytelling you're on the spot without a book and you've got to tell a story from point A to point B all you've got is is are, are the things around you and you know you do tell the same story but it often takes different paths and every story is different and uh, when you've got people staring at you uh, you've got to keep the story moving without umming and ahhing and making it you know you've got to make it sound as interesting as possible it's, it's quite daunting and uh, these guys are brilliant at it if you can do that um, I'm pretty sure you can do anything so uh, make sure you check that out that is um Saturday 23rd to Sunday the 24th. Go into original shrewsbury.co.uk for more details on that, I guess. And then on Sunday, you get the chance to take your lanterns that you've built uh, over at the Flax Mill at the Hive because there is an Illuminating Ideas lantern lit walk at Attingham Park at 6.30pm. The lanterns that you've, you've put some lots of care and time into, you get to take them for a walk around um, let people see what you have created. Um, so there's still lots to, to go, um, lots, lots to come in this festival. Um, and, you know, even if it's not for you, there, there is something around the corner that is, I guarantee. Um, it's great, a great way to get out there and support your town. So I hope you've enjoyed this little snippet of a show, my little highlights of the week, what I got up to Friday and what's coming on uh, next week for the festival. Um, there is going to be more little shows like this coming, uh, coming at you. Uh, this week from me um, because you know uh, I, I I don't do this talking by myself thing brilliantly you know it's not one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm good at I do a wicked interview you know I'm great at interviewing people fans of the show may realize that um, but this this I'm sitting here at the moment um, staring at uh, a, a, a clock and a wall and um, <laughs> it's very odd for me but I enjoy doing it you know this is part of the uh, part of the process I'm trying to learn how to how to do this i hope you've enjoyed it i hope it hasn't been as boring as it sounds in my head when i'm talking about it um but there's lots to come uh the, ne the next show i'm going to bring you is um i'm going to go to tomorrow to the darwin um and and the invisible gardener talk and i hopefully bring you uh something about that um on tuesday so yeah guys uh, make sure you give this show a like and a share and a subscribe. I really do appreciate all of the support the show is getting at the moment. And, um, you know, you guys are thankful for that. I I'm so, so grateful. Um, so give this a like and share and subscribe. So not everybody can get out to these events, you know, so it'd be great to to hear from, from me, I guess, uh, what is going on in your town. This is what this is. It's a verbal magazine for Shrewsbury.
Thank you very much. Um, if you've got anything to, to add, uh, make sure you find us on social media um, at the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast on Facebook. We've got a group there. Uh, the, on the Instagram, uh, same, at Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. And you can email me, which is uh, shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the weekend, and I'll see you on Tuesday. Peace out, guys. <laughs>